0: Live from the ESPN 690
1: Announcer Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
2: Yeah, I think the, the leaders we have on this team um, have been awesome, and obviously it's been a
1: tough start, and especially for the guys that have been here. And it's, you know, it's tough, you know, the kind of the situation we're in. But to see those guys that have been here and. Just to see the difference in what they talk about this year compared to other years. And they really feel like we're close. And there's just things, obviously, we got to play better. And putting all that aside, we all know that. You know, at the end of the day, we, we can see that. But um, just realizing that if we stick together and you know just make these plays here and there, and um, eventually everything's going to fall into place. And hopefully that's sooner rather than later.
3: That is Trevor Lawrence, Brent Morton, along with Austin Lane and Casey Kurtz here on a Wednesday. I am live at String Sports Brewery here in Springfield on a beautiful day in Florida. Hope everybody's doing well. Brett buys a beer from String's every week. Will I buy four? Hmm. That's coming up in a little bit. Also, we have Jaguars All Access, 7 o'clock on Fox 30, coming up uh, from String's. So come on out for that show. We had some fun. Trevor Lawrence, man, I love listening to him talk each and every week. Dan Arnold yesterday really harped on... Almost like this respect that they had for him trying to make the play on third down, Austin, that got overturned. Mm-hmm. I didn't think much of it at the time. Now, I did. I remember tweeting, like, in real time, uh, I do that from time to time, uh, that he, you could tell the want to that he had on that play. Uh, and I went back and watched that play again yesterday. Like, that was a designed run, I think, the whole way. I think it got clogged up on the right side. Did you see it that way?
2: Yeah, it looked like that was kind of the, the, the call all along. Um, you know, so sometimes they say, like, he called his own number where he saw something and he just decided to take off. I think that was designed as well.
3: Yeah, that's what I saw. And so then he goes back to the left side. He obviously dives, tries to get in. He thought he was in. They called it a touchdown. They overturned it. But just the effort to go do that, I think, showed up on tape is what I took from what Dan Arnold said. And Arnold was like, "Yeah, hey, you don't see many guys really go after it like that in that position. Uh, I, I, again, I don't want to blow it out of proportion. Like, oh my gosh, Trevor Lawrence, dope for the end zone. That's like, nobody would ever do that. I mean, come on, we see guys do it. Well, I was going to say, I, hey,
2: Urban Meyer, if you want to see me die for the end zone, you want me to get in there, give me a call. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'll <laughs> put my 100% effort forward to try to get in the end zone as well.
3: Yeah, but like, I think, like Josh Allen hurtled the other day, right? Uh, did you see it in that game? Yeah. yeah. That was a nice play. Mm-hmm. I think we see Lamar Jackson, like, you know, juking everybody out and then diving for the end zone and reaching over Again, guys do this. So it's – but for some reason, sometimes that stuff jumps off on tape, I guess, like on a Monday when you're, when you're watching the film. Does that maybe just for the offense? or That's what I took from Dan Arnold. Like he was really like raving about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I it's mean – It's kind of wild to me.
2: Yeah, uh, I think once again, you know, it's, it's Dan Arnold being very complimentary of his quarterback, as, as you have to be. Um, you know, because he, he's the guy giving me the targets right now. He's, he's the guy that's trying to up your career path in a positive direction. So, I mean, to be fair, if you're asking me, like, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, if I would have saw that play in team meetings, I'd be like, dang, Trevor Lawrence, like, really wants to win. Like, it probably, I'll be honest, it, w- it wouldn't have crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I, I've told this story before, and I'm trying to think of the dude's name, uh, the quarterback here. Not Dave Garrard, uh, Trent Edwards. When Trent Edwards, Trent Edwards was it? Yeah. Uh, Trent Edwards, yeah, yeah. Trent Edwards. Captain, yeah, Trent check down. Yeah, Captain. Well, okay, that's be nice, but yeah, okay. Um, but th- there was a play where he went for a first down. It was third down, third and long. Uh, he took off. He ran off the football. Got absolutely depleted. I think his, his nose was bloody. His jaw was bloody. But he got the first down. And, like, that, and that was his first start, I think, taking over for Dave, or it might have been – I can't remember. Maybe Luke got hurt as well, and then all of a sudden he went in. Whatever the case may be, but he was in the game first start. And like I remember being in the locker room at halftime because this happened in the first half, and we're all just like, "Dude, we we got your back, man. We're gonna win this game just because of that one play where he, you know, he exerted himself, he took a risk, he took the damage, and he got the first down. Like that to me is very telling of." how much you wanted to win a ball game. No, not taking anything away from Trevor Lawrence, because obviously he did that as well. But I think in retrospect, looking back on that play, I mean, at least from my scene on the defensive line, I probably would have been like, damn, Trevor wants us to win. Of course he does, man. He's he's Trevor Lawrence. Of course he wants to win, without a doubt.
3: What gets your attention then inside the building about your quarterback? Like, what... I understand what you're saying, by the way. That's why I didn't want to present this as like, holy cow, look what Trevor did. You know? uh, by the way, we, won't, we don't want Trevor to do much of that <laughs> because we don't want him getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I think there's an element of that that everybody understands. But what, if, you're, um, if you're watching this guy, if you're in the locker room, Austin, and you're a vet, Mm-hmm. and you're watching this guy come along, and he comes in, and he's the number one pick, and he's got all this stuff around him, and he's like, wow, I watched him play in college. He was the face of college football. He's just, he already comes in with this aura, right? What is it that uh, makes you want to play better around him? What makes it uh, gravitate toward him? And I'm talking about Trevor and Jackson, but that could be Mac Jones in New England. It could be Zach Wilson in no, New York. For sure. What is it about a player, even on the defensive side of the ball, That that says, man, I want to hitch my wagon to that guy.
2: So it's interesting because in the beginning, when you're a rookie, people are going to gravitate towards you, especially at the quarterback position, because of the intrigue, because of the expectations that are put up before you. There's expectations in the future for Trevor Lawrence. There's expectations for Mac Jones, for Zach Wilson, all the rookie quarterbacks. So guys, rally around that because they rally around what you could be. Now, There comes a point where either you are that guy or you're not that guy. And then that's when the genuine, in terms of leadership, in terms of guys having your back and going to war with you, that's where this comes in. And it's the reason why you follow guys like Maurice Jones-Drew. It's the reason why you would follow a guy like Calvin Johnson. It's the reason you would follow a guy like Peanut Tillman, you know, Charles Tillman from uh, Chicago, or Lance Briggs. It's because their play earns them that. Their, their play is inspiring, but also it's like, well, these, these guys are a different breed. They're, they're, there's something different about these guys in terms of how they play the game of football and how they're contributing to our team. So you don't have to be a quarterback to be one of these guys. You can really be any position. I think Aaron Donald would be one of these guys. I think J.J. Watt in past years could be one of these guys. It's just how you perform on the field and what you're doing for your team to help win, and then obviously it's how you carry yourself off the field as well because it goes hand in hand. Right now with Trevor Lawrence, we're still in the honeymoon phase. We're still in the phase of we rally behind you, we believe in you because of what you could become, because of what we've seen you do in practice or the glimpses that you've shown in a game. But obviously, with Trevor Lawrence, you still have to earn the stripes in terms of, you know, being a, a top 10 quarterback, being a top eight quarterback. And that should come with time.
3: Yeah. And, and I. OK, so I, I really like that. That's a good answer. Uh, and I think that's insightful, too, because I think this stuff matters. I do. I When you have this city looks at, at Trevor as, oh, man, that's the savior. This organization, quite frankly, does, too. They won't be as adamant about it and admit it about one player. But no doubt, Sean Khan does. And And there's no doubt this organization does, and those people selling tickets to that's for sure that's what they see as hope right now that this, this this thing's gonna flip but then I go and and you you've alluded to it a little bit, but I want to expand on it. You go to a guy like Justin Herbert right now where it feels like there's a magic in that organization around him mm-hmm. uh, like I'm not even so like i think he's playing excellent football but it's almost like they've put him in the hall of fame and he's played 14 15 17 games in the nfl you know like he feels that way i think kyla murray had a little bit of that to help arizona turn around i think you watch lamar jackson and what he did early on but especially like on a game like sunday night where they like whoa you know and so i guess is that the next phase of it it's like hey Give us something to really grab onto, Like, we're going to put you in a position on Sunday morning in London. That's going to be the afternoon for them. But to win the football game, and he goes and has one of the drives that I, I pointed to on Sunday where he made the third-and-two throw, the spin out of pressure to, to Avon Austin, then the fourth-and-one. Like, give me that drive at the end of the game. And then almost like your credibility, right, your, your lead power, if you will, takes this elevated step because that's what i've seen happen around the nfl with some of these young guys from kyler to justin herbert to lamar jackson obviously patrick mahomes and the success they've had uh, and now i feel like we're seeing it a lot with josh allen like mm-hmm. the, the players if you listen to them they're like holy god this guy's like superhuman you know like, no, this guy yeah. can do stuff that nobody else can do and i can't wait to go play on sunday again with him
2: so yeah so for instance like a guy like Justin Herbert. You know, there, to me, there was really no honeymoon phase because the guy came out right away and did his thing. And this yeah. was a guy, Justin Herbert, who wasn't supposed to start 15 games last year. It's supposed to be the Tyrod Taylor show, and then eventually Tyrod Taylor passes the reins to him, and, you know, and, and then there's, there's a, a handoff there. That never happened because Tyrod Taylor gets his lung punctured, and all of a sudden it's a Justin Herbert show. So I think guys in that locker room are like, all right, well, you know, let's ride behind this rookie quarterback. You know, he's the future. Let's see what he can do. And then, I don't know three, four games into the season, it's like, oh, well, we don't even need the, the rally behind honeymoon phase because this guy's already good. This guy for, threw for over 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. I don't care if you're a rookie, first-year guy, second-year guy. Like, that's good. Now you didn't win. I mean, you won six games. You went six and nine. But at the end of the day, like, it wasn't because he, they didn't lose because of you. They didn't lose in spite of you. So I feel like with Justin Herbert, it was just the standpoint of, you performed so well on the field, how could the players not rally behind you? I think with a case like Lamar Jackson coming into a second year and Patrick Mahomes alike, you look at the stats that they put up with Lamar Jackson more on, on on the ground, but still, just what it looked like on the field, just how dynamic it and how different it was for their franchises, they were easy guys to rally behind. Trevor's getting there, right? But I want to come in here and say These guys are going to rally behind Trevor Lawrence because he just threw three touchdowns and four touchdowns in a game and no interceptions. I want to get to that point. I don't have to talk about how, yeah, he had a nice run. It looks like he really wants it at the goal line. I mean, watch James Robinson run. You don't think James Robinson wants it? You don't think James Robinson is playing? The guy runs with bad intentions every single handoff. Zero business decisions for James Robinson. Just dealing punishment and trying to get first downs. I respect it. I love it. Chefs kiss. So that's what I want to get to with Trevor Lawrence now, where it's like, okay, yeah, he is a gritty play here. It was a gritty play there. How about we get to the point where it's like, dude, four touchdowns, no interceptions, almost a perfect quarterback rating. What are we talking about right now? That's a guy you you want to rally behind.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. So as you're saying this, um, (laughs) there's something that comes to mind, right? It's almost like they put too much on him in the opener against Houston, to throw it as much as he did. But then it's almost like he could have Justin Herberted this thing. as <laughs> a nice word. Uh, yeah. of If he had come out and just lit it up, like 40 for 51 with three touchdowns and beat Houston, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like out of the gates. Oh, baby, look at this. A uh, little Patrick Mahomes-esque in that sense, too. Well, he didn't, and they didn't but we all kind of feel like, all right, what the hell did you put him in that position for? 51 throws with this team, this offense, this defense, all this stuff. But now they've kind of, they've, they've reeled it in, and I think in a good way, and they've, they're kind of bringing him along at a good pace. But when will be the time where now we have to get in a game situation where he needs to throw it 48 times and he completes 39 of them and the three touchdowns and the no picks in the game-winning drive? It's almost mm-hmm. like, okay, when now can he go to that stage? And then the other thing that kind of, triggers me uh, and, and i think of i do think of a guy like josh allen josh allen's story is not patrick mahomes it's not lamar well lamar didn't was an unbelievable year one to be honest uh when he did get in there it's not justin herbert uh but in, it's totally had,
2: different but keep in mind with lamar jackson though he won what four or five games in order to put him in the playoffs he did that's right there
3: yeah was that the year that he had bad playoff game was that the the chargers game where they figured them out? Was it uh, that, year? that
2: might have been. Uh, remember when I they dropped no like idea. eight
3: guys? That was Gus's defense, I think. Remember they they had, they had all those injuries, so they played like eight quarterbacks yeah. that game. I mean, all uh, I remember
2: is the Ravens winning like however many games in a row, and they were kind of the outside looking in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson led them there, got them in the playoffs, and right there, you're in your stripes.
3: Okay, so okay, so let's put Lamar, Mahomes, Herbert in the same category for the sake of this conversation, mm-hmm. uh, that those guys come out and they get it done right away. But there is a group of players, and I'm trying to think of them. Like Derek Carr comes to mind, although now it's like well down the road on Derek. But Josh Allen really comes to mind. Like he was not good in year one. Like J- Jalen Ramsey called him trash, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but- like that's the kind of play he had in year one, very inconsistent But so you can still, what I'm trying to do is look for evidence of a guy that, okay, he didn't do it all in his first six games like Herbert, like a Mahomes, like maybe a Lamar Jackson, but he came along at a different pace, but still now he can do it all. No, sure.
2: But let's be honest, though, were we expecting anything from Josh Allen his rookie year out of Wyoming? I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I I, I don't think he was going to take the league by fire his rookie year. No, but he was
3: bad at times. Like, he was really bad at times that year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he went five and six, ten touchdowns, twelve interceptions. Yeah, that's not really that good. Yeah, he still won some so, games, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's, that,
3: that's my point. Like he did not. Like there was nothing that said, "Well, they got this right." You know what I mean? But the, there wasn't it.
2: Yeah, but second year you go ten and six, and then you you, you throw for twenty touchdowns and nine interceptions. Took uh, a that, huge step. Took right? a huge but step. That, a second but that surprised year. people. Is my point. Like I don't think I think.
3: Uh, Right now, the if you give me the biggest surprise right now for Trevor Lawrence, it's the fact that he's got, what does he have, eight picks or nine picks? Does he have nine picks?
2: I think he's got nine, yeah. I think,
3: uh, isn't he, is he leading the league right now? He might. Yeah. Um, that's, well, I'm going to assume maybe Zach Wilson leads the league, but either calling. way, uh, that's I'm the sorry. I'm sorry, he's got, he's got eight
2: interceptions. Hello. He's got eight.
3: Eight, yeah. So, eight. Now, like, again, yeah, I'm a little iffy about that last one, but it's going to go on the stats. So, eight uh, picks that's That surprises me, like when we did our numbers, Austin, I thought they would manage him to the point where and that he wouldn't throw that many picks, and he'd end up with like ten or maybe what we said 12 for the year. yeah well he's certainly pacing way more than that. Yeah. so I would say that's probably the biggest surprise I have for him right now is that it, he is, he's had more th- mistakes than I thought he would have mm-hmm. um, and uh, the good news is the last few games they have lessened in a big time way, and more clutch plays have come and more big plays and more uh, consistent play out of the last few games. So it would be nice if we continued to trend that way. But I don't think anything else Trevor's doing is surprising to me, is my point, other than the amount of interceptions he's thrown. Is that fair, or, or is there anything else surprising you?
2: Um, No, that's probably the, the biggest one to me. I'll be honest. I mean, in terms of expectations, I thought that he would definitely have more touchdown passes. You know, So if, if you want to compare it right now, uh, six touchdowns, eight interceptions – interceptions That's good for second right now in the league. You're right. Zach Wilson has nine interceptions. But, like, surprisingly, guys like Patrick Mahomes, Sam Darnold, uh, Joe burrow they all have six interceptions, you know. But the difference is obviously the touchdown passes as well. So I am a little surprised that his touchdown numbers aren't up a little more um, in terms of scoring points per game. But we've been over this before, you know. It's, um, the, the offense in terms of scoring right now its just not there. They're getting close to the red zone, but they just can't pound it in. So I'm a little surprised by that as well.
3: What does he have? Uh, just remind, Is it just the two rushing touchdowns, or does he have three?
2: Uh, you have to give me a minute here.
3: I think it's just the two. Okay. But let's just say uh, we're five games in. There's a 17-game season. If he continues on this pace, he's going to have about 20 touchdowns. Uh, he will have way too many picks, <laughs> yeah. and, but he'll run in about six. So it will account for, like, 26 touchdowns mm-hmm. on the positive side. I can't imagine he keeps his pace in interceptions, but you never know. Maybe he does. Um, so, yeah, I think that would still be a little – be around what I thought. Like, I think I said he'd throw for, like, 25 and have 10 picks. Uh, and I didn't really factor in the rushing touchdowns, but he does have a few mm-hmm. or a couple in the first five games, and I expect him to probably do that some more. They are using his legs down near the goal line. And, um, hey, Austin, I might expect them to try a QB sneak before the season's over. Man, I hope so. You know, <laughs> hopefully they're going over it. You got a couple of days. I understand I mean, it takes time, but let's let's be real. He should have four rushing touchdowns by now.
2: I mean, in a perfect world, yeah. You know, if you had Carson Palmer or Tom Brady, you probably would. But you know, <laughs> I get it. It's hard. I guess. Uh, so this. Is, so they tell me.
3: What's the equivalent of the QB sneak in fishing? Let's go to our Florida Sporting Fishing hook. Report. Baiting the hook. Uh, you put bread on the end of the line, or is it a worm? <laughs> no, no,
1: but if you throw a bunch of bread in the water before you put your line in, that may be the equivalent of a QB sneak. Hey, let me tell you, you know, Brent, I I grew up a Braves fan. I've been one forever. And during the season, I just can't hold my interest for a whole nine innings but man was that fun last night oh my god that was great and and by the way
3: maybe nobody better you root for good guys in sports there's few good or better guys like we saw we talk about calais campbell like that around here we know that uh freddie freeman in baseball there might be nobody better so that was a cool moment for him
1: Oh, it was extremely I tell you an extremely cool moment at my house. I I loved it. Pretty good fishing. Today. The ocean was closed. We've got a, a strong easterly push today, which we've dealt with most of the week. Now that's a that what that amounted to is a higher tide inland. Now a higher tide, if it gets high enough for the reds to get in the grass, is really good. If it doesn't, it usually is a, it means for a slow fishing day, but it did not today. The reds bit very well, the mangrove snapper bit very well, and there were a few flounder caught, and we got two more days to flounder fish until December 1st. And unfortunately, the big numbers of them really haven't moved down uh, river, down into the Mayport and um, intercoastal waterway type area. I I really wish they would, but it's probably going to pass through while the season is closed, which is why we have a closed season, because that's when the biggest number would be harvested. So... We'll see what happens, but I think the red fishing is going to continue right along as we come off of this moon we have lower high tides and good low tides. Low tides back in the creeks this time of year is magic. So if we get a good low tide, uh, if you got a boat that can get skinny enough, you will see reds everywhere pushing with their backs out of the water. But you can count on one thing. We'll be back to bring you an update on all this tomorrow with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Hey, Captain Rick, uh,
3: before you go, uh, just getting back to the bread and the worm, like can you yeah. catch anything with a bread and a worm like we used to do? Like, uh, you know, I, know.
1: I, I, I will say that I have heard of trophy money bass, which is what we would call a money bass, one that would win a lot of money in a tournament being caught on pieces of bread before now. Were they trying to eat the bread, or were they trying to eat the brim that was about to eat the bread and got the hook? <laughs> I don't know, but somehow they got caught on a piece of bread. I've seen it more than once. I mean, do you learn anything
3: more about fishing than right here with us asking these dumb questions, or what? I mean, it's I think it's a legitimate question. I, I was in jail. I think
1: it's a very legitimate question, and I, you guys have always asked very good questions. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Captain Rick. Have a good one, man. All
3: right, Brent, you guys take it easy. All right, that's Captain Rick Riles, each and every day, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report on ESPN 690. And uh, 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings for the fishing show. Austin, I've used, used
2: corn before, corn kernels.
3: Really? Yeah. It worked. used to go, my aunt, you mm-hmm. guys say aunt, I say aunt, mm-hmm. uh, up in Rhode Island, they had a lake. and Well, it's not their lake, they lived on a lake and so we would like as a kid i just remember like putting bread on a hook and yeah. catching all these like sunfish yeah yeah you know? man, that's what he was it was like for it yeah. was like the thrill of a lifetime in yep. the summer
2: oh <laughs> yeah. dude you're telling <laughs> and uh we'd see and by
3: the and those suckers i know they liked bread because you'd end the day with like 28 sunfish right
2: for sure <laughs> drain the pond uh, I, drain I remember being a kid <laughs> i remember being a kid catching <laughs> getting sunfish and bluegills um, Off the, the corn kernels, and then we we went catfishing too. You, you ever use stink bait? I've never gone catfishing. Oh man! Well, they, they call it stink bait for a reason. We'll, we'll leave it at that.
3: Yeah. Well, the catfish, by the way, are stinky looking. Yeah. Um, I got to go fishing more, man. I like talking fishing. I like going fishing. I just don't do it much. Yeah. I mean, we go at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety Fishing Day. I like that. I'm not. I mean, we get the signal 100 miles into the Atlantic. We can do the show. <laughs> we'll be back I on call Sean <laughs> fishing, Sun fishing with bread off the kismet. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> going <it's> and <laughs> lock that in. <laughs> Probably can't fit that in a pond. or lake. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back on ESPN 690. <laughs>
1: To be honest, I'm my a critic, and I'm going to say it was a fumble because I kind of lean forward to make what they call a football move. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's a fumble every time. And it's, it's not really about that for me. It's, okay, talk, just tuck talk the ball better <laughs> next time. Um, and that's that's just where I have to be
2: with it. Um, that next step in my career is to be that guy who can be relied upon in, in every single circumstance. And um, I just I just have to be a better football player at the end of the day.
3: That is Dan Arnold, Fred no here, along with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz on a Wednesday. Hope everybody's doing well. Beautiful day here in Florida, in Jacksonville. String Sports Brewery, the place to be. Moose has showed up, so Moose is here. That means the show must go on. 7 o'clock, Jaguars All-Access on Fox 30. Look forward to that. Uh, Gene Frenette just tweeted this out. I don't know if he just tweeted it out. Maybe it was a little while ago. Bet online made Jaguars Urban Meyer betting favorite as one to one as first NFL coach to be fired, followed by Matt Nagy, Joe Judge, Vic Fangio, Mike Zimmer, Brian Flores.
2: Oh, uh, wait, it's even money?
3: Even money to be the first coach to be fired. And my question would be, like, I don't know what the odds were, like, uh, I don't know, a week ago. But I would say the first coach to resign would have been urban meyer well what were the odds that john gruden would be the first coach to resign and how much money would someone have won on that and if i was the person that leaked the emails or knew about the emails i would have ran to
2: vegas on wednesday be honest do you think we're roger goodell put, put money on john gruden <laughs> yes. he's like I mean, oh he's like okay oh, oh see so that first email comes out you want to talk bad about me eh, very cool let's go ahead and release the hounds release all these emails let me go to vegas real quick because i have to go watch this raiders get yeah let me go to vegas put some money down and uh yeah we'll go from there
3: yeah i mean it's crazy because he's in a 10 year 10 million i mean a 10 year 100 million dollar deal and he's in what like year four of it and there's no way he would resign from that. So, like, the odds must have been astronomical if they were even on the table. I don't even know how that works. But uh, <laughs> can you imagine if, uh, if you had to put a little money on that and then bam, overnight it changes? So, my point in this is that if Urban Meyer is one to one being fired, even money, don't plan on it. <laughs> go for somebody else, like something out of the blue. But yeah. like, actually, I would, you know what I would do? I would go way down the depth chart on the odds and kind of thinking that another coach is going to be outed somehow in this scandal. Yeah. You know mean, what I mean? Yeah. So, like, go to, like, uh, let's see somebody who's super safe. Um, uh, beyond, let's not go Belichick. Uh, let's <laughs> go. All right. Super safe. Super safe. Give me somebody. Uh, uh, John Harbaugh. Okay. He's pretty safe, right? No, yeah.
2: Uh, he's ex- yeah, he's extremely safe. I think.
3: Okay, so Harbaugh might be on this list. Pete and Carroll Torres is eighteen to one, okay. uh, or Pete Carroll, yeah. Then Pete Carroll or John Harbaugh probably are like, I don't know, three hundred to one to be fired, the next coach. Yeah, I'll,
2: I'll probably say around those lines. I don't know
3: what the odds are, but I know. my it's, point it's being is that's it. where you get your money. You got to roll the dice on that. Somebody else, you got to hope somebody else's life becomes a big failure.
2: Yeah, no, no, for sure. And, and to be fair, I mean, and listen, you know, this is all theoretical here. But to be fair, maybe something comes out with the the Ravens training camp or something. You know, with guys who are getting injured and everything. Mm. John Harbaugh comes. Or or, or
3: or they cheated to win all those games in a row. In preseason. Yes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, if that's what you want to base your bet on, by all means, I like my th- theory a little better. But by all means, yes, the Baltimore Ravens were cheating to win so many preseason games in a row. Hey,
3: the negative side of Jags fan, and I understand this side, okay? I'm here to be the sunshine and rainbows for you, all of you. Mm-hmm. And I understand. Uh, the, the problem... I i wanted to do a story on this on TV, and I haven't done it yet. I, d- I don't really – I don't know exactly how to do it. I'm, I'm working on it. But the problem in Jacksonville right now – and I, this isn't a problem with you, the fan. It's the problem with the Jags. But they have trained many people to think this way. That at 14 to nothing against Cincinnati after a pretty – as far as NFL concerns, and especially the Jags, was a pretty dominant first half. Yes. And they fail on the fourth and inches – and collectively, Jacksonville watching on a Thursday night from their couches put their their palm in their head and said, Oh my God, we're gonna lose this game. Like yeah. we're gonna lose this game. Like that and then and then to exacerbate that problem, the Jets proved them right. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, I mean, that's the state we're in from yes. a mental standpoint.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest, when they got stuffed at the goal line, or you know, they turned the ball over. Um, and um, It was fourteen nothing. I'm like, oh, well, so much for that. Like, I, I there's seriously maybe, and I'm being honest here, maybe ten percent of me thought, okay, well, they have this game wrapped up now because they're up fourteen nothing. Like, I, I did not go down that avenue. Like, once they didn't convert on fourth down, I'm like, oh, here come the Bengals. Yep, it's it's all but a, a sure thing now, just because we've seen this history before. We we've seen this story play out time and time again, and so far with this team, um, for the most part especially up to that point against Cincinnati we weren't left with any other reason to say well, what has changed since the old regime what, what has changed since the old way of doing things, they're going to lose this game so well,
3: here's the idiot I am, I still felt pretty good about them winning Yeah. even at 14-14, when they come back and they take the lead 21-14 I'm like, alright, they oh, answered friends. the bell oh, they friends. did it yeah. that's the idiot I am, so uh, but uh, listen, I mean, I'm president. I have president tagged to my name for a reason. Um, so, so in your, so the problem is we think negatively around uh-huh. here. The Jags have force-fed us that by their performance, and so I don't blame you, the fan. But I want you to get out of that for a moment and not just be like, "Hey, Brett, the shipyards vote unanimously voted 17 and 0." That'll be a nice way to offset 0-17 this year. Yeah. Right? yeah.
2: Like,
3: like, I get it. But first of all, I don't think they're going 0-17. I think the Jags are going to win some games this year. I really do. Uh, and I, I just don't want you thinking like that right now. But the streak, <laughs> according to this, these same odds, uh, and I'm stealing this from Fournette's tweet, 23-and-a-half is the over-under at the streak. The Jags are at 20.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: When does the streak end? This week mm. was the Dolphins. They lose. It's 21. The After the bye, the Seahawks. Out west has not been good. That would be 22. Mm-hmm. The Bills are next, and let's just be honest, they are not in the same class. Oh. 23. And this is interesting to see where this is where the streak ends because the Jags have actually done well against the Colts. Yeah. And so Vegas says we're drawing the half marker at the Colts because we think the Jags have traditionally beaten the Colts. Yeah. So the Colts is where they draw it at 23 and a half to be like the game that they think the Jags can win. Uh, and after that, say they lose to the Colts, be 24. 25 would be the 49ers. 26 would be a Falcons team that just isn't that good. And can you imagine? Can you imagine and put your arms around and head around and head in your hands if you need to? That if the Jags break the record of the Tampa Bay Bucks, they would do it against Jalen Ramsey and the Rams.
2: Sunday Night Football, anybody? Sunday Night Football, anybody? Flex right into that spot, set some history.
3: But please tell me, between the Dolphins, a Russell Wilson-less Seahawks, a Colts team that can't always beat the Jags even when they go to one and fifteen, the Falcons who are not very good, there's a win coming somewhere in there before the Jags play the Rams and Ramsey out
2: West? (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I would hope so. Like, see, here's here's where where my line of thinking goes to. Everything I know about the NFL is that sometimes even great teams are going to have lapses and sometimes great teams are even going to have a rough game um, and lose games that they're supposed to win. And sometimes the bad teams are supposed to win games that they're supposed to lose. The Dolphins, yeah, you, you could definitely beat them. I have no issue with that. The Seahawks, to me, on the West Coast, like, I get it. Russell Wilson's not going to be there, but still. I mean, what are we talking about? here? you the West Coast playing the Seahawks? Like, on paper, I don't like that game for the Jaguars. I don't like the Bills, obviously. And even the Colts going to Indianapolis, yes, you've had, had success um, against them before. But let's be honest, in terms of a roster right now, in terms of a team that should have, Curb stomp Baltimore until they got embarrassed in the second half. I mean, that's a winnable game for the Colts as well. But like everything that I know, one of these games—I think it's gonna be the Dolphins game, could be the Seahawks game, might be the Bills game— one of these games, it's going to go right where the Jaguars play their best brand of football, and their opponent just comes out and lays an egg. Like that's—that's that's the NFL. That's what happens. Unless the Jaguars are so bad of a team that you know they, they can't even get that lucky. I don't think that's the case. I, I mean, yes, they are a bad team, but I don't think they're that bad. I think I would say the Dolphins, but I think one of these games, they're definitely going to win. So don't worry about the Rams um, in terms of setting the record. But I don't know. And then and this is me, of all people. Like, I'm not Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows, I'm Mr. Black and White, but you think eventually a team's going to play bad against them for four quarters and the Jaguars going to play good? Well, it's been 20 Sundays. Or Thursdays, or whatever. Yeah, but this is also a team that was tanking last year, so like that doesn't count to me. Like th- it wasn't uh, like they're trying to go put out their best foot forward. No, the players were, but like the roster wasn't. Like, like how you constructed it.
3: I got you. Uh, I mean, am, here's am, am d- I wrong? Yeah, I picked. Uh, I picked the Jags to beat Houston in week one. I picked the Jaguars to beat Cincinnati. Almost. I might pick them to beat Miami Sunday. I would probably pick them again to win against Atlanta. Right now, at home, I don't think I see any more that I'd pick them. I don't. I'm not picking them in Seattle. Is my point. Yeah. Uh, Niners, no. You know, the Colts. I guess it could go. I'd pick the Colts to win. So, I got two more chances to get it right. That's Sunday or against the Falcons or Ramsey. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to deal with that that week. Mm. All right. We'll be back. Spring Sports Brewery. It's butcher time. It's golf pick time. It's buy a beer time. It's time to end the show. Coming up on ESPN 690.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. Obviously got off to a good start last, last, last fall, but, you know, didn't play quite as well as I would have liked to, you know, during the year, but. You know, felt like I started to play a, a little bit better towards the end of the season. And, um, you know, obviously had a, had a really nice Ryder Cup. And, you know, hopefully can just build off of that a little bit. You know, the game's starting to turn around. Obviously kind of took the last couple weeks off. So, you know, trying to, trying to get back into the swing of things here this week.
3: That is Dustin Johnson. Golf picks with the butcher coming up in a moment. Uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, String Sports Brewery. Brent buys a beer in a moment. Coming up from String's. Who should I buy a beer for? I'm still mulling that over. I uh, want to mention, by the way, check out uh, men's and women's season tickets for the UNF Ospreys. Go to UNFOspreys.com. How about the women's basketball program? I follow Derek Gibbs, the head coach. Uh, used to do the women's games as well as the men's games. When he first got there, what a job he has done with the women's program. In fact, the preseason poll came out today and unf is picked second in the asun preseason poll that's the highest they've ever been selected preseason so it show you how much he's built the program mm. and uh congrats to coach gibbs go check out season tickets for both the men's and women's program at unfospreys.com uh, butcher are you just about ready
2: the butcher is ready yes
3: uh, Casey, give us a little bit of,
0: uh, well, an appetizer. and yeah. What these whistles, Casey, I can do that. So, uh, this will be the CJ cup and it will be held in Las Vegas. If you were listening to the show earlier, which you should have been, uh, Austin kind of was wondering why they're in Vegas and why there are so many golf courses in Vegas. So if anybody knows the answer to that, please let us know. Uh, but the CJ cup <laughs> was held in South Korea for a bit. That's where the event started, and the CJ sponsorship is also from Korea. So that's where the first three tournaments were held. Last year it was moved to, get this, Austin, a different golf course in Vegas from the two that we're talking about. Sure, it was. That was the third one. That one was Shadow Creek. Um, So that was the first time it was held in America. Jason Kokrak won that one. Now we will see the event played again in Las Vegas at the Summit course. Uh, It's a longer course. Okay. So you want a guy that can uh, be good off the tee. There's not really concerns about the rough and whatnot. Good. Um, so that should be fine. Just get up there, blast it, move on, make a putt, do some things. And there's, this is a good field. It's a lot of the guys that usually play because this is a little bit of a prestigious event and uh, a lot of good players in the field this week.
2: How much money does you think Las Vegas spends on water to keep these golf courses in pristine <laughs> condition? Seriously, because you're in the middle of the desert.
0: Casey, Uh, your uh, answer? uh, A lot. Sure. A whole lot. But I have a feeling that in Vegas they're not anywhere short on money if you're running anything (laughs) (laughs) casino-related.
2: That's a a good point. That's a good point.
0: I'm sure they're doing okay.
2: Um, The the, the house always wins and the house always stays
0: hydrated. You're right. Austin, or Butcher, sorry. Excuse me. Hey, hey, hey. Honest mistake. Uh, You are now the leader Mm. in the points after what can only be called an improbable T11 from Andrew Putnam last week. You now have it the lead. It Should have been higher, by they'd be honest. Should have been higher. Should have been higher. Should have been a lot higher. Yep. You now have the lead. Ninety-four. Brent, sixty-one point six. Myself, forty-six point five. Not good. Not a great showing for me. A little disappointed. So I'm going to lead off, and I will take the guy you heard from at the top of this segment. That's Dustin Johnson.
2: Okay, hmm. Dustin Johnson.
3: Uh, the I'll go so I can save uh, Austin here.
2: Appreciate sure I'm um, still going through faces. A little more homework. Yeah.
3: You know, gosh, I got a lot of different ways I want to go here because there are big names. I'm going to take a chance. We're early in the season. This is a long season, right, Casey?
0: Yeah, yeah, long season.
3: Okay, so I'm going to take a chance early that this guy uh, bounces back in a big way from the Ryder Cup. You mentioned distance. Maybe there was a therapeutic interview session after the Ryder Cup that allows some clarity in the mind of Rory McIlroy and Rory McIlroy does well this week out in Vegas.
2: Interesting. I think, and, and by the wh- way,
3: my Ryder Cup guy from last week. You guys were right; he was still hungover. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Got to make Sheffler, those cuts. Chandler <laughs> <Sheffler> was terrible. <laughs> Got to make those cuts. So I, I think you guys, and I respect your picks, both of you. You know, I mean, we're, you guys are playing for pride right now. You're playing for second place, and, and I respect your picks. But I think you're you're failing to see the obvious here. And, and Casey alluded to this when he described what's happening. This is the CJ Cup, and Casey, correct me if I'm wrong. This. Used to take place in Korea, and it's a Korean-sponsored event.
0: Both of those are correct. Brent,
2: you ever heard of a show called Squid Game? Oh my god! Pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty popular right now. It's it's a Korean-based television show. It's on Netflix. You check it out. You ever heard of it? I have. Yes, I've, sweeping, I've seen the trailer. It's awesome. Sweeping the nation, absolutely sweeping the nation, powerful powerful television show. So with that being said, I went through this entire roster in the field, and I picked what guy out of this field, with his mugshot has the best odds of winning Squid Game. Now, I don't want to spoil a lot from you, but it's not the strongest, okay? It's not the most attractive, so I had Dustin Johnson was on the list, but he's way too attractive to win Squid Games. Same with Colin Morikawa, way too clean cut, too attractive. So you had to to pick kind of this run-of-the-mill guy, very unassuming, just kind of, yeah, he's there uh but we don't pay any attention to him and after putting that you know in my criteria crunching the numbers and going through the analytics i've come to the decision that sam burns not only is gonna win the cj cup but sam burns is gonna win squid
0: game as well it's incredible (laughs) I mean, it's re- Sam Burns Sam won Burns two weeks bad. ago. he okay, really? Uh, yes. He won the Sanderson Farms two weeks ago, and last week he finished in the top 20. Okay. So. It's, well,
2: it's incredible, look isn't his, it? Okay, but look at his pixel. Uh, I he's know what he looks like. the most vanilla person of all time. He's just
0: a guy.
3: He's just a guy. He's fact- just a guy. By the way, the fact that this game and he picked Putnam last week and he's, like, in the mix is incredible.
0: I I can't explain it, Brent. I (laughs) cannot explain it. Like, he might have
3: cheated, and we don't know about it on the Sam Burns front. I swear on anything. Like, he might
2: have. No, I I swear I had no idea, Sam. You think I'm – because I wasn't concerned about two weeks ago because my guy did horrible, so I wasn't watching it. I promise I didn't know that. Um, All right. Uh, Hey, I want to remind
3: you uh, more of uh, golf pick talk and other talk by listening to ESPN 690 on the relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Download the relevant app, join the discussion, call it the Pocket Podcast. You can do your own podcast. You can communicate with your own inner circle, family, work, whatever you want to do, and uh, you can do that on the relevant app. And most importantly, you can listen to us. Join the ESPN 690 vibe and other vibes that discuss Jaguars talk and some of your favorite things, sports or not, on the relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Uh, check it out for sure. All right, Brent buys a beer. You know the problem with some of this on social media? Um, is the fact that I don't know if they live around here. You know what I mean? Sure. So, like, there are some, like, I don't know who half the people are that follow us. <laughs> <laughs> half? <laughs> you mean,
2: like, thousands <laughs> or, that follow Yeah. I mean, yeah.
3: And so I'm going to try Real MBB okay. on uh, social media. Okay. I like he interacts with us sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Sometimes he gives give us a hard time. Sometimes he gives give us an attaboy. Gives us a hard time
2: or gives you a hard time? Uh, probably me. Yeah, there you go.
3: But that's okay. I like that. Yeah. So uh, Brent buys a beer, Real MBB. And for some reason, if it's impossible to redeem... Well, then I'll pick a different winner <laughs> because if they don't live around here, I don't want to be buying beer. Brent's going to start picking himself. Like, <laughs> like in uh, Iola, Scandinavia, Wisconsin, like I'd, I'd gladly buy your mom a beer, yeah, but she's probably not going to come redeem hey, it hey, Brent, anytime soon.
2: My mom can buy her own beers. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> this isn't like, can you afford a beer?
2: This is me just. Eh, yeah. I don't, hey, I, I don't need you to buy my mom beers, dude. All right.
0: I can't all, afford it just to throw good. that in.
2: Buy KC a beer. My mom's fine. You guys are already Facebook friends. Let's draw the line at that. <laughs> buy, case, buy a case of beer
3: for KC. <laughs> <Casey. laughs> I won't say right. no. Hey, that's going to do it. Jaguars All Access coming up tonight from String Sports Brewery right here in Springfield. Come on out. It's also at 7 o'clock on Fox 30. Check it out. Uh, hope to uh, see you out here if you can make it. And don't forget, on Mondays, we go to uh, sneakers for Jags Report Live, 7 o'clock on Fox 30 as well. James Robinson will join us on Monday. We'll do it again tomorrow on ESPN 693 o'clock. Have a good night, everybody.